after my high school graduation, a couple of friends and I were out to eat, leaving the restaurant. We were held at gunpoint because some officers thought that we might have been involved in a nearby robbery. There was no, you know, questions asked or anything like that. It was just like right on site as soon as they saw us, like guns were drawn, which was, you know, obviously startling. And especially with me, you know, having just turned 18, just graduated from high school, that was kind of a, a sobering moment. That was longtime Milwaukee native and recent Marquette alumni, Miles Sai, talking about one of the incidents he's had with the Milwaukee police. Now, his experience is unfortunately pretty common with people of color who live in Milwaukee and other urban areas around the country. But we're going to talk about more about that in a little bit. For now, welcome back to episode two of Levels of Change. I'm your host, Quinn Faith. Now, last week I spoke about some of the recent changes Marquette University has made to make the school a more inclusive place for all of its students. In today's episode, I will be highlighting some of the legislative and judicial problems that exist within the justice system, the state government, and the police departments in the city of Milwaukee and in the state of Wisconsin. First and foremost, it's important to understand that what I'm about to explain to you is a cycle of injustice. Now, there isn't just one issue that needs to be fixed here or there, but the system that we're all a part of is set up to fail people of color. So I want you all to picture something for me. You're a 17-year-old kid living in the city of Milwaukee. You're a person of color, and you and your family don't really have a whole lot of money. But you still want to go to college and make a better life for yourself. Right now, though, you live in a poor part of the city, and maybe here or there, smoke weed from time to time. Nothing that is to be worried about, but hey, you like the feeling of it. One day, though, you're driving down the street and you get pulled over. But you weren't speeding or anything like that, so you don't know why you got pulled over. Some officers come up to your car and see that there's a black person inside. Immediately, they're on edge because they didn't grow up in a diverse neighborhood and have been around white people almost their entire life. The officers are looking for a reason to get you in trouble. They tell you to get out of your vehicle or else you'll be arrested. So you comply. They search around your car and happen to find a couple grams of weed. Immediately, you're thrown on the hood of your car, put in cuffs, and sent to jail. And pause. I would like to introduce to you Judge Derek Mosley, who has served on the Milwaukee Municipal Court since 2002 and was appointed the chief judge of the Milwaukee Municipal Court in 2004. He is a Marquette alum and talks about a decision made back in 1996 by the Wisconsin legislature that now has a big impact on you, the 17-year-old's future. One of the things that the legislature has done in Wisconsin is that they changed the age um, where a person is considered to be a juvenile or an adult. So it used to be you were 18 years old before you would go into adult court. But um, about several decades ago, the Wisconsin legislature changed that law and moved the age from 18 down to 17. Now, by virtue of moving it down from 18 to 17, now you have placed a larger number of individuals within the purview of the criminal justice system. Unfortunately, many of those people who were found within the criminal justice system were people of color. Okay, so you're going to be tried as an adult for the possession of weed. According to normal.org, you can get a misdemeanor and a max of six months in jail with a $1,000 fine for a first-time offense of the possession of marijuana. Any subsequent time after that, depending on the amount of weed that's on you, is punishable by up to three and a half years in jail and is considered a felony with up to a $10,000 fine. But okay, say you get sent to jail for those six months. You get out and are looking forward to starting college up in the fall, but you recognize that you also need loans to pay for school. But wait a second. According to the Wisconsin legislature, if you have been charged with the possession of any kind of drug, which includes marijuana in the state of Wisconsin, you're barred from ever receiving federal financial support. Judge Mosley explains what happens next. So, 
now you're that 17 year old who who's caught with uh, marijuana. You're convicted, and now federally you are now barred from any federal financial aid. So if you come from a uh, community that uh, disadvantaged, where you don't have a lot of money, you don't have a lot of resources, and so if college was an option for you, you would have to get student loans to do that. Now you can't get that. So now we've taken that same individual and the same example I've given you. We've placed them in the system at 17, and now we've made it very difficult for them to obtain education. Another thing to consider is that Wisconsin also has what's called truth in sentencing. If you've ever been thrown in jail for an offense less than five years, which most drug crimes are, then you have to serve every single one of those days. In some other states, you have the ability to get out on what's called good time. According to RestoreJustice.org, good time is awarded to people who consistently maintain good behavior while in jail. This good behavior earns them a reduced sentence and the ability to get out early, but Wisconsin doesn't have that. So let's get back to our story. You're that still 17-year-old kid who can't get an education because of a small drug offense and is now looking for a job after serving a full sentence in jail without the ability to get out early. One traffic stop turned into a drastic change in this kid's future. Part of that ties back to the legality of marijuana. In states like Colorado, Washington, and recently Illinois, weed is legal. The 17-year-old kid could still qualify for aid for school. Unfortunately, this example is the reality for a lot of people, not just kids. It could have even happened to Miles, whose story you heard at the beginning. As it is, a large portion of marijuana users are people of color in the United States, especially kids. Interestingly enough, though, white people and black people use marijuana at roughly the same rates, yet black people are incarcerated at roughly four times the rate of white people for using marijuana, according to normal.org. An issue that extends beyond the state of Wisconsin is the lack of diversity in the three branches of government. You have lawmakers, legislatures, and judges that are made up of predominantly white people. Now, why is that? Well, one reason is that there are more white people than people of color in the United States. But another reason is because black people are incarcerated at a much higher rate than white people, nearly seven times if you include all crimes. You put people of color in the criminal justice system, which prevents them from getting an education, which then prevents them from holding these positions of power where they can change the laws that are set up to fail them. That right there is a cycle of injustice. Judge Mosley talks about why having a diverse judiciary is important in reducing the incarceration disparity between black people and white people. You bring to the bench your life experience. And so we have a judiciary in Wisconsin, which isn't very diverse. I grew up on the south side of Chicago. So I bring to the bench my experience as a black man in the south side of Chicago. If you grew up in River Hills, you bring to the bench your experience as a white person in River Hills. Our two experiences are very different. That's why it's important to get more diverse the bench, more diverse prosecutors, more diverse attorneys, more diverse systems so that people are viewed appropriately. So if you have a predominantly white group of judges presiding over a diverse city of Milwaukee, those judges might not understand what it's like for some of these people to come from a disadvantaged background. The importance of having a diverse workforce extends beyond the judge stand, though, as Judge Mosley mentioned. It's essential in any workforce, including police departments. Relating back to the city of Milwaukee, its police department has had its fair share of issues over the years. Racism has fueled the level of distrust between the Milwaukee PD and the city's diverse population. This is nothing new, though. The story that Miles shared is something that a lot of black people go through, not just in the city of Milwaukee, though, but across the country. One Washington Post article called the police presence on Milwaukee's north side as simultaneously over-patrolled and neglected. Miles talks about how that statement resonates with him. 
when people already have like a preconceived notion of you, you know some of these cops have these preconceived preconceived notions that like black people are just bad. So their surveilling is more <clears throat> it's more so like I'm trying to catch you doing something bad. So it's like, ha, I got you. Like, yeah, I, I caught you, and now you're you're confirming what I already believe, versus you know carrying out the duties that they're actually supposed to be doing as a police officer. It's no question that the Milwaukee Police Department needs reform. In one of the most segregated cities in the country, a police department is failing to relate and protect a city of nearly 600,000 people. The Milwaukee zip code of 53206 is, quote-unquote, the most incarcerated zip code in the country, end quote, according to a New Republic article. There's also been a rise in gun violence and homicides over the last few years. So we have to ask ourselves, where does this change start? Miles says it begins with officers holding each other accountable. Shooting an unarmed person is clearly unjust. Police officers need to check one another and learn how to de-escalate situations so that they don't let it get to that point. It can be easy to assert yourself as in control by pulling out a gun, but there are other things officers can do to quell a high-intensity scenario. Miles says that can come through more intensive training and higher requirements for things like education and prior experience. Relating back to some of the things that Judge Mosley talked about, it's also important to have a diverse group of police officers. Not only will this bring a greater variety of perspectives to the line of duty, but it also brings different perceptions of the police. Let me clarify. If you have a police officer that grew up on the north side of Milwaukee, they likely had a very different view of the police than someone from, say, Mequon, Wisconsin. You bring all the past experience that you have had as a kid and growing up into whatever job you have. Judge Mosley talks about how where you live can dictate your outlook on the police. If all of your experiences are positive, then you're going to have a positive experience with law enforcement and everything else. But if all of your experience with law enforcement are, are law enforcement is negative, then you're going to have a negative aspect of law enforcement. And that's what's going on in America right now, right? Because it's like cities and suburbs. So everybody in the suburbs are like, I don't understand why people hate the cops. You know, the officer, great, he took this cat out of the tree for me. Sometimes if you live in the city, you don't have those experiences. You have experiences where, you know, you get stopped and you get frisked and they don't tell you why and they search, they're searching you, looking for drugs or guns and, and you don't feel, you feel like you're constantly at war. So the point I'm getting at is that police officers need that diversity in their employment. Judges need that diversity too. Government officials need that diversity. All workplaces need that diversity. That's all I got for you guys today. Thanks for tuning in to the second episode of Levels of Change. Please, please, please go vote if you haven't done so already. My name is Quinn Faith. I'll see you guys soon.